Welcome to Chats by Christ. I'm Charlie. I'm Sean. Another week, another paycheck. How are we doing, Dash? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain, just, you know, the usual work. Really paycheck. Yeah. How about you? The same. Work and retreat prep and work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. That's yeah. That's my life. That's our lives. Work. You hate yeah. to see it. Um, but yeah. we got something interesting today because today we're gonna we want to talk about the fear of God. Isn't that mm. right, Dash? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, with all the work I've been doing, I haven't had much time to read up or research. So this is going to be a very Dash episode. I hope. <laughs> Uh, do my best, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, maybe we can go into a bit about um, what, like, what is the fear of God? Did you have a chance to, like, sort of go through that, like the? Uh, not in any, not in any specific detail. Yeah, um, I know it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, but I don't have like the Catechism reference for it or anything. Mm. On end, um, the yeah. notes and the thinking I have are all very like vibey and sort of yeah they're not like not detailed enough it's all it's just about like fear in general unfortunately yeah that's fair yeah what i do is i took down a few little notes because i also wasn't too sure of the topic before uh, we actually thought about talking about it um that topic actually came up um i don't know if i told you the story basically um in a small group actually um we were talking um at uh basically what a small group is is um at our youth group uh every week uh so normally one of our leaders will do a talk and then after the talk we'll have a small group discussion um so each of the leaders will take on a few teens and yet yeah, we'll have a bit of a discussion um so basically in one of those groups um one of the teens had actually brought up this concept of fear of god um and yeah basically um their question was why do we need to fear god like um you know, like God is, you know, meant we're meant to feel loved by God. We're meant to feel safe. Like, why should we feel this fear of God? Um, and yep. yeah, a good question. It is. Shout it is. out, our, shout out our life team kids. They're smart. They're they smart. are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. At the time, I wouldn't say I struggled to answer the question, but I didn't have like a solid sort of like catechized backing to it. I guess it was more of just like a. The analogy at the time that I gave was basically um, what a child would be like if he was obedient to his parents, for example. So, yeah, yeah, that that um, sounds like a good way to look at it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you know you know um, many of our viewers can probably relate as well as you know a child uh, fear of like you know being reprimanded by your parents. It might be even for something small, but that fear is you know like you don't want to disappoint them like. To some degree, that would be there, right? You know, we're kids, like, it's bound to happen. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the sort of fear that I like to look at it with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's a bit more dimensions to that. So um, I'll open with, like, a bit of a reference to the Catechism. Yep. So this is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, number 2093, so 2093. Yep. So it says that faith in God's love encompasses the call and the obligation to respond with sincere love to divine charity. The first commandment enjoins us to love God above everything and all creatures for him and because of him. So that reference doesn't specifically mention fear, 
Um, but what it does is sort of opens us towards the different types of fear and how they might sort of join with our relationship with God. Oh, so yeah. anyway, yeah, so basically what I mean by that is in my reading, I came up against two types of fear that we can sort of have against God. There could be more, but these are the main ones that I read about. So there was filial fear. Um, so have you heard about that before? Um, yeah, well, uh, very recently, um, yeah, Father Gregory Pine did an episode on Pines with Aquinas a couple of days ago. Oh, uh, yeah. About uh, should we be scared of God, and he mentioned it. Yeah. Father Gregory Pine is a very smart man. <laughs> he's too smart for me, so none of it really sinks in. I listened to that episode as well. It was, yeah, it was very theologically heavy. Like mm. it, a lot of that went over my head as well. But yeah, in a nutshell, um, basically filial fear is the ch- the fear that a child has for their father. So the word comes from filial, um, which is Latin, uh, which, uh, which, wait, I don't know if the word filial is Latin or, uh, fi- filia, yeah, Latin, Greek, maybe, I think filia is... the, So the word filial comes from Latin, this probably, yeah, yeah, and that basically means son, so filial fear, yeah, again, is, uh, basically the fear that a child has, uh, for his father, so basically the catechism speaks of filial fear in the context of the virtue of hope. Um, so it emphasizes that this fear is born from a love of God who is all good, wise, and loving. So that's where it comes back to that reference in the Catechism where we talk about um, how the first commandment comes back to, you know, uh, joining us with God through love. Mm. Um, yep. And basically all creatures have that uh, requirement to be obedient to him. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then the second dimension to that fear is uh, what's called servile fear. So servile fear is basically, in essence, sort of, um, you could think of it as like, maybe, like, what a servant, like, the fear that a servant has for their master, for example. Um, Oh, yeah. Like a fear of getting beat or something. Well, no. (laughs) I guess, yeah, to be a bit more brutal. But yeah, basically, like, it comes back to that fear of reprimanding, right? Hmm. Yeah, so filial fear essentially comes from, yeah, like that point of love. Like, that that's the, well, you could call it the good well, kind of fear, I guess. Actually, I'm, conf- I'm confused, because, like, when you, when you think, of, when you were talking about filial and, like, mm. a son's fear of his father. Yeah. Like, I was thinking that fear of discipline still, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but, like, the filial like fear what... more comes from, like, a place of hope and love, if that makes uh, sense. Um, maybe I'm a cynical, sad boy, but like, what, what would that look like? Like, I don't know what the difference is. Like, I don't know what the, what the, like, love and hope, I don't know how the love and hope colors that fear of the discipline or if it is a fear of the discipline, if that makes sense. So look at it this way. So basically, filial fear, um, is like, it, it looks towards, uh, like uh, punishment being inflicted, like you said. Mm. Um, whereas, um, sorry, that's servile fear. So servile fear looks towards, uh, yeah, punishment being inflicted, uh, maybe from God um, yep. in that yep. this case. Okay. Whereas filial fear is not so much, um, you know, looking towards that fear of reprimanding, but it's more of a fear of, uh, it's it's more of a, f- a feeling of hope, um, and. Like, it doesn't look towards 
actively offending God. It more looks towards, um, like you don't you don't want to disappoint God. You don't want to disobey Him. Okay, so it's it's more know. like if I had to like try and pass it, it'd be like servile fear is about the fear of the reprimand, the consequence, but the filial fear is more like you're afraid of hurting. Not hurting, you know, you can't hurt God, but we can. I mean, Ending him, disappointing him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, it's about, it's not about, like, what's going to happen to you so much as what's going to happen to God, you know? Exactly. Strange exactly. I think, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of what I took from my readings. Um, like, you're afraid that you're going to damage your relationship with God. Yeah. It's not about getting punished. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's a lot, That that is a lot clearer, yeah. Yeah. So those are like the two sort of dimensions I read about um, in terms of fear. Um, and then, yeah, I, I did a bit more reading, sort of like, uh, I guess we can take it a step further and think, uh, like, like between those two types of fear, we can sort of wonder, can this fear be good? Mm. Um, yeah, uh, what, what do you reckon? Can like the fear of God be good or um, like, is it more of a bad thing? It's a very open ended question. It is, yeah. I think. A lot of, I'm going to just, like, spoilers, I'm going to say yes, but it's not going to, like, my reasoning isn't going to tie directly into everything you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, the the angle I went down was more about fear itself, less than, you know, any sort of theological basis. Yeah. Um, And so I had, like, sometimes you hear, like, Father Mike Schmitz or similar people talk about the fear of God as being, like, not being scared of God, but being in awe of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that always rang a bit hollow to me for some reason. Not to, like, not, not to be, like, mean to Father Mike Schmitz, who is a legend, and all the other Catholic speakers. Yeah. But, like, there was something about it that never, like, meshed with me. Um, and then it was last night, actually, that I was reading uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Oh, and yeah. there was a passage in there that like kicked me in the sternum, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, really like put the fear of God in my heart, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but it is a bit of a biggie, so I might just like find it. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a biggie, and there's a lot of context behind it. So at this point in the book, uh, Lewis has spent the past couple chapters establishing the presence not of God explicitly, but of this mm-hmm. otherworldly uh, mind that like imprints on us the moral law, the natural law. So that f- first he establishes that there's the natural moral law that we don't follow, but mm-hmm. we all feel like we should. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, okay, well, this law has to come from somewhere what is this somewhere or something? Um, and so this is like before he even really gets to talking about Christianity proper. Um, so with that, hopefully that context is enough to understand, but I'll just start reading and hopefully it is good. Uh, <clears throat> the trouble is that one part of you is on his side. Actually, no, I should start earlier. Sorry. Um <clears throat> It is no use either saying that if there is a God of that sort, an impersonal, absolute goodness, then you do not like him and are not going to bother about him. For the trouble is, 
that one part of you is on his side and really agrees with his disapproval of human greed and trickery and exploitation. Mm. You may want him to make an exception in your own case to let you off this one time, but you know at bottom that unless the power behind the world really and unalterably detests that sort of behavior, then he cannot be good. On the other hand, we know that if there does exist an absolute goodness, it must hate most of what we do. This is the terrible fix we are in. If the universe is not governed by an absolute goodness, then all our efforts are in the long run hopeless. But if it is, then we are making ourselves enemies to that goodness every day and are not in the least likely to do any better tomorrow. And so our case is hopeless again. We cannot do without it, wow. and we cannot do with it. God is the only comfort. He is also the supreme terror, the thing we most need and the thing we most want to hide from. He is our only possible ally, and we have made ourselves his enemies. And this is the part that like really hit me, this last line. Some people talk as if meeting the gaze of absolute goodness would be fun. They need to think again. They are still only playing with religion. Goodness is either the great safety or the great danger, according to the way you react to it. <clears throat> and we have reacted the wrong way. Um, so yeah, that, that like hit me real hard. Yeah. Because, like, I'm certainly not perfect, and I have, and I've sinned. Um, and, you know, if God is absolute goodness, then he, by definition, hates everything that is evil and everything that is sin, mm -hmm. including the sin within me. Um, and so this idea that, like, coming face to face with absolute goodness will be a walk in the park isn't true you know yeah yeah absolutely. Um, and like you know it's it's not a because like i know i know that god is good and he's gonna look out for me but like i've just been reminded of just like what goodness really is you know yeah because there is a sort of because you know before the mercy comes justice yeah um and the mercy is meaningless without the justice um, yeah, I think I think a quote or like a theme. I think it's a quote. Yeah, a quote that like really that really sums up like what I'm trying to get at with all this is also from C.S. Lewis. It comes from the Narnia series. It's Aslan is not a tame lion. So Aslan is Jesus, basically God, right. and so he's he's the lion, you know, and he's got all the ferocity and all. All the rage, yeah, all the ferocity, all the rage, all the power of a lion. And he's not tame. He's not like nice. He's not. He's not like under our control. He's not, you know, cuddly, milk toast, nothing. Mm -hmm. He is power and might and majesty, and all of these things. But he's good. Mm -hmm. Um. And so there's something about that that, like, you know, like is scary and there's i think there's a place for that fear you know yeah um 
there's a which Bible I guess is where the Sabbath yeah comes in. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. Like I'm just trying to draw these links. Like I, I think you were talking about justice a little bit before, so that's where mm. that philiophia sort of comes in, that hope of sense and hope of justice. Whereas the Sabbath might be a bit more coming from a fear of yeah, like reprimanding. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Were saying? Um, there was a Bible verse that I was just, just like sticking in my mind. Well, I was trying to just think about this topic, even though I wasn't doing much research. Mm. Um, and that's uh, St. Paul's letter to the uh, to the Philippians, chapter 2, verse 11? No, verse 12. Verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For God is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Um, so I don't have like any conclusions or takeaways from that, but the fact that we're urged to work out our salvation in fear and trembling just in and of itself suggests a place for fear and trembling. Yeah. Um, but then you also have to temper that and counter that with the fact that uh, whenever an angel shows up, or you know, whenever does does Jesus? I don't know if Jesus says, but especially definitely when an angel shows up in the Old Testament, one of the first things they'll say is, "Do not be afraid. Be not yeah. afraid." Yeah. Um, and you know, Jesus says, "You know, peace I give you." You know, he's not. Doesn't I mean, he Jesus doesn't... also say that to the disciples, like when he first see, like when they first see him after he rises? I don't quite remember. Or maybe I'm... just trying to Google it, but there's a lot of, a lot of hymns that get in the way. Uh, also, my computer lags. But, like, yeah, there's still... There's that idea yeah, of, like, yeah. don't, don't be afraid. Yeah. The Psalms are all, um, you know, take refuge in the Lord. He's He's the good shepherd. Yeah. He leads me to the pastures and all of that. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's like it's weird holding both of those at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, God is this mighty, terrible, not terrible, but like, he's mighty, he's powerful. Yeah. You know, like, he's awe-inspiring, which is where, which is where like, all the Catholic speakers talk about, you know, it's about being filled with awe and not being afraid of God, mm-hmm. um, he's he's a he's a good dad. He's not an abusive dad, you know. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, like knowing, or like understanding what it means to be good, and knowing that you don't measure up. No, that's not. That's not quite right. Um, like meeting expectations sort of thing. Not even... No, not even that. The, the way... I'm going to have to draw from another C.S. Lewis text. Because mm-hmm. I've read too much of him. He influences all of my thinking. <laughs> um, in his book, The Great Divorce, there's a scene... So The Great Divorce is like his little micro divine comedy where you know he starts in hell and he goes and visit goes up to heaven 
Um, and one scene, there's a man with this little lizard on his shoulder, and the lizard is the sin of lust. And this man and his lizard, they encounter this angel. And the angel's like, let me kill that lizard. And the man's like, no, uh, it's fine, I can deal with it. Um, I'll deal with it later. The angel's like, no, let me kill it. There, mm -hmm. there is only now, let me kill it. Um, and the man eventually goes, yeah, okay. But then he goes back on his word because the angel being what he is, you know, radiant fire, like, the man starts to feel pain when he gets close. Yeah. Um, so it's like, no, you're going to hurt me. And the angel's like, I never said it wouldn't hurt. I just said I was going to kill the lizard. Um, so eventually, it's like, they have this back and forth. And the man does let the angel kill the lizard. And he's better for it. Um, the lizard becomes like... It, the dead lizard transforms into a horse that the man then rides to heaven proper. Because um, mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all very symbolic, you know, once you redeem your lust into ah, genuine okay. love. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then, you're like, that's like, you know, it's like Christopher West, he talks about your rocket engines. It's the same thing. <laughs> you point your rocket engines the right direction and off you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, there's that idea that, like, there is stuff in me that's going to be painfully burned away coming into contact with the Lord. And it's stuff that my concupiscent heart still clings to and is still afraid to let go of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a whole other type of fear. Like compared attachment. To the other two. Fear of attachment. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's like attachment. Losing attachment. Um, yeah. It's not even a losing attachment. It's just like... Like, like every, every fiber of... Oh, it's yeah. hard. Very hard to explain. Like, this is getting into real, like, theological oh, yeah. territory it's, of, like, you know, the flesh versus the topic. spirit. Yeah, but it's like, the best way I can describe it is because I'm feeling it all in my flesh. My flesh is like... It's going to kill. Like it's like what the guy says. Like you know, you're hurting me. You're going to kill me too. Yeah, yeah. And that's not true. And like, if he stops and thinks about it, he probably will would know that it's not true. Yeah. But that's still there. And so there's that fear of meeting God face to face. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, which I think is like all completely different to uh, the fear of God as a gift of the Holy Spirit and as related to filial fear. Especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's actually a great point because um, on that, um, I actually left out a very important um, reference from the Catechism, uh, which basically echoes what you just said. So um, this is from the Catechism, Catholic Church, so 1831. So it says, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, knowledge piety, and fear of the Lord. So these are gifts that were given to us by the Holy Spirit. So essentially, all these gifts, they belong in their fullness to Christ, Son of David. Um, so they complete and perfect the virtues of those who receive them, and they make the faithful docile in readily obeying divine inspirations. Yeah, so I guess what that means by that is fear of the Lord um, is a, a gift and a fruit that was given to us by the Holy Spirit. Um, not only to sort of um, give us that hope, but to also, yeah, help us obey, um, and not only obey, but, um, I guess, find a sense of peace in that obeying. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 The, the bit about the peace, like, ties it all together a bit more, because, yeah. like, it's, it's not that, like, abusive father, servile, 
exactly. Yeah. Type of like right. inducement to, you know, I'm gonna, he's going to beat you up if you don't get in line. Because that's um, not, not what happens. Like, God does not. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the God who washed the feet of the man who was going to, who he yeah. knew full well was betraying him to death. Like, that's, that's not, right. that's not how he operates. Mm -hmm. Um, but he is also a god of justice, so like I already, I can already foresee the uh, Old Testament objection of like, yeah. oh, he orbital laser striked Sodom and Gomorrah. What do you mean he doesn't beat people into submission? Mm. Um, I mean that's a that is an interesting thing to consider. Um, it is. I'm not theologically versed enough to give a definitive answer. Yeah, but. Like that's like, the other side of the spectrum, yeah. Like, yeah, like, other side. I think the thing to keep in mind with Sodom and Gomorrah and, you know, the Canaanites and everyone that the Lord, you know, sanctioned death mm -hmm. and destruction on, or, like, you know, killing mm -hmm. the firstborn of Egypt and all that sort of thing, these were all people who were just, like, so completely far gone and beyond repentance. Like, it was beyond offending God at that point. Yeah, this was, this was like... Yeah, this wasn't even, like, this was offending God, but, like... Beyond, like, wanting to seek forgiveness. Because I think you can offend God as much as you want, but... Well, as as... don't. No, don't no, do that. Don't. Obviously don't, but my point is that, like, you may, as in, yeah, you, you, it is possible to do that, but if you yeah. have that repentance in your heart, you can always come back to him. Yeah, like, like the father in the tale of the prodigal son, like you can exactly. go and spend the entire inheritance exactly on drugs and alcohol and whatever. Whereas these canonized, like these people that were, you know, sort of. But like the Lord, the Lord will welcome you back. Sorry, sorry. No, I was saying they didn't have that. Like, um, I was just saying they didn't have that like repentance in their hearts. So. Yeah, like they didn't yeah. have the potential to repent. Mm. Um. You know, the prodigal son, the whole time he had the potential to go back home and eventually he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, in the, in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, I don't know, it's probably too, this is a family friendly show, let's not go into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that, that's the best I can describe. Like, even, you know, like the Israelites did some terrible things as well. Yeah. They did. But the Israelites always had, like, the call and the potential to turn back. And, you know, they did, and then they turned away again, and then they turned back. And, you know, mm. the, whole, the whole Old Testament is them, like, going back and forth. Yeah. And it's, it's the story of, you know, Israel being unfaithful to the covenant, but God remaining faithful the entire time. Um, so that's, that's my, like, off-the-cuff... Just yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like theologically approved. Um, it's not Vatican approved. A good way to that look look at that is again look at the other side of the spectrum. Um, well, not so much the other side of the spectrum. So my thought line of thinking is, um, I guess as earthly sort of beings in in this twentieth century, it always helps to look at the saints. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And one of those saints um, that always comes to my mind is Saint Augustine. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you know a little bit about the life of St. Augustine, um, you'll know um, that uh, earlier on in his life, he didn't lead um, the most, I, I don't know, sort of how to describe it, because I, I think later on in his life, is when he truly came back to God, he repented. Yeah, um, he, he, was, never... he, was never, he was never a Christian up until 
Yeah. Very late in his life. Well, I mean, yeah. he was... It's not too much that he wasn't a Christian, right? I it, know, he was... He didn't he lead a baptized. Christian life. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know his exact story, so I didn't know his, if he was baptized or not. I think he was baptized. Yeah. But then he just lived, like, a pagan life like everyone else did. Yeah, and, yeah, um, and, you know, God came back to him. I mean, he came back to God, sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, God... God didn't so much come back to him as, like, never left him. No, no, as in, God, I, I meant the other way around. He went back to God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's so many stories of saints um, that, that, like, similar stories of saints that, um, maybe not to the same extent, but basically they sort of had that... Um, yeah, like that sort of pull in the other direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah. Um, I suppose something, I guess that's, to go back to that mere Christianity thing. Mm. Um, like that section of the book, he goes on to like lead it, lead it into Christianity and how Christianity and how the sacrifice of Christ is what, you know, gives us the ability to not be afraid anymore. Because it's through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that we're redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after all that, like, the point still stands that Aslan isn't a tame lion. You know, he's still got his claws and he's still got his fangs. Yeah. But he's on our side. Yeah, for If sure. that makes sense, yeah. So, so, yeah, that sort of ties back into, like, the awe things. Like, yeah, like, here's this fearsome thing. But it's acting in our best interest. Like he's acting yeah. in our best interest at all times. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples of that fear. The good fear. Yeah. Yeah, that that filial. Yeah. I mean the the act of contrition, like the good acts of contrition. Mm. Sort of touch on that. Let me see. If there's a good one in this prayer book of mine. Let me just get that out. Ah, uh, yeah. Is that the one? Uh, the one oh. we got from Lourdes. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are I? Where is it? Uh, for various needs, pressed to our lady. Ah, here. Yeah, yes. Before the way of... Before that examine of conscience. Here we are. So this act of contrition goes... Oh my God, I am sorry and beg pardon for all my sins and detest mm-hmm. them above all things because they deserve your dreadful punishments. So that, that's the servile fear, right? To an extent. You know, like, yeah. I'm sorry I've sinned because these sins merit punishment. But then the rest of it is the filial fear. Because they have crucified my loving Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, like, I, I'm sorry for these sins because of what they've done. Yeah. And most of all, because they offend your infinite goodness again. Like, I'm sorry for my sins because of what they've done to you, mm-hmm. God. And I firmly resolve, by the help of your great, by the help of your grace, never to offend you again, and carefully to avoid the occasions of sin. Um, and that that idea wasn't my idea. That was from uh, God explaining, which is Father Gregory Pine's podcast with his other Dominican fathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dominicans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they have an episode on the fear of God, specifically as the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that stuck with me out of everything else. That's cool. Yeah, nice. Um, nothing else did, because again, he's too smart for me. 
But yeah, like this is a this is a toughie of a topic, and I know for a fact I haven't done it justice. Partly because I didn't do any research, but also just because of what it is. Yeah, like like you said, there is um, like people can sort of make remarks in the other direction, like you know, like that sense of like um, sm- smiting, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the one thing to keep in mind is. Like, that fear of God is not something that you need to, like, harbor, um, and eventually, like, like, if you harbor it in the wrong way, it can eventually lead to that mm. resentment, and then, like, that fear yeah. of repentance, whereas, you know, if you harbor it in the right way, um, that's when you sort of consider it more as a sense of hope, like, you know, that forgiveness is always there, you just have to... Um, obey and yeah like use your hmm. god-given gifts for the right reasons i guess yeah yeah like you don't you don't want to be scared of god because yeah. again like he's he's on your side he's not gonna hurt you yeah you you it's it's good to be afraid of offending god because you know if you care yeah. about someone you if you if you love someone like you'd be afraid of doing things that would upset them or hurt them just as a natural course of being human. Um, but as far as, like, forcing that feeling, like, I... Honestly, like, I feel like the approach to take to the fear of God mm-hmm. and any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to be honest, oh, is... I, 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 yeah. First of all, like, like pray and ask the Lord for them, but then don't, like, obsessively monitor yourself. Like, oh, do I have fear of the God? Do I have fear of God? Do I have fortitude? Do I have this, that, or the other thing? Just ask, and then... Just focus on doing the right thing, mm-hmm. like the next right thing that you got to do. Don't don't worry about like whether you feel scared enough of God. Yeah, because you know, like despite all of this, like again, he's on your side. He's your he's your dad. He's a good good father. Um, he's your friend. Jesus says, you know, I call you friends, not servants. Um, yeah, if you're mature enough to think of it like this, like he's your spouse. Spousal analogy of Christ and the church. Um, so, like, it, it, feel, it feels weird to, like, end the topic on, like, ah, don't think about it, but yeah, like, it's really not something you need to dwell on, if that makes sense. I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, like, like you don't, when you say don't think about it, it's just like, keep it in the forefront, like, back, like the not the forefront, the back of your mind. Mm. But it's not, like, something you need to, you know, actively be like, I need to do this. It's more just something that help, helps keep you in check. Yeah. To to keep the image of Aslan going a little bit longer, um, I think in The Horse and His Boy, Aslan straight up takes the form of, like, a house cat at certain points. Mm-hmm. And like the the main the protagonist like doesn't recognize him as Aslan until the very end, when he when he encounters Aslan, he goes, "Yeah, this was me. This was me too. And this was me." Yeah. Um. So like when it comes to like you know thinking about God as the fearsome, mighty thing, like for me, like I probably needed that reminder from your Christianity that like. More mainly because you know it gives me something to talk about for the podcast, if nothing else. 
mm-hmm. but also just you know general rule like yeah it's, it's always a good bit of conviction yeah to not get complacent with myself and think that i'm in the good books necessarily yeah um yeah you know like onwards and upwards is sort of the theme i'm trying to yeah, go for you right. like it's a reminder for me to like not get complacent with my progress more so than like a oppressive you know yeah you're a rat bastard like screw you um yeah as a swear word on this family podcast i'm sorry <laughs> um um, so, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to get is, like, if God wants you to be scared of him, like, if Aslan wants you to fear him for the mighty lion, like, he'll do that on his own. You don't you don't need to put any effort in. Yeah. So just trust that, like, he'll do the work of making yeah. you afraid of him if that's what he wants you to do. Yeah. Um, and if he doesn't want that for you, then he won't. And don't feel bad. Yeah. That... Sorry, I'm coughing. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, but maybe before we go, I actually just wanted to bring up one more point. Um, a really interesting conversation I actually had with one of my friends um, at work, actually. They're not um, actively um, practicing. Um, I'm not even... Um, yeah, that they are Catholic, but they're not practicing, um, definitely. Mm. Uh, but basically, the discussion was around... Um, whether Christians actually, or Christians or Catholics, actually fear God, or what they are actually fearing is going to hell. I mean, for many people, it's the second. Yeah, Ideally, I'm it's the sure. first. For yeah. most, it's a mix of both. Like, like that act of contrition. Like, it's a mix of yeah. both. Yeah, we had a really yeah, like it was a really interesting conversation we had, and uh, yeah, like I'll. Yeah, exactly. Um, for a lot of people, like you said, it is both. Um, but yeah, basically what we talked about in that conversation was, um, yeah, like I, I always tried to bring it back to that analogy of uh, like a child and his father. Like that was like the main sort of um, response that I had. Mm-hmm. But um, like, I guess if you look at it as a fear of hell, um, you're not really giving God the, the like you're not giving God the spotlight he deserves. Mm-hmm. Like you're, if, yeah. if anything, you're pla- like you're placing like it, it's almost selfish in a way. Like you're putting your own fate above what God wants from you. I I, I, I don't know if that's making sense. Yeah, it's it's sort of like that mercenary sort of mentality of like, you know, I'm in this because I want to get heaven, and heaven is where all the good things are, and I want the good things. Exactly. It's sort exactly. of like it's sort of like the flip side of that coin of like, oh, if I don't do this, I'll get the bad things, and I don't want that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is not a bad thought process to have, um, but it's it's where everyone starts. To be, yeah, well, not exactly. maybe not everyone, but you know, like it's where I started. Um, yeah, no, hundred percent. Like you, you, you want to get yourself to heaven. Um, that that is definitely um, you know that 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 is what we're here for on Earth. We want to get ourselves to heaven. Mm. Um, yeah, it's but it's it goes beyond that, I guess, is what. Yeah. Yeah. The the purification of that is you know first it's I don't want to go to hell, then it's I want to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. But then it's realizing that going to heaven really just means getting God. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, it's Even no though. longer mercenary, right? It's yeah. Um. Like, it's desiring the true end goal of what you're doing. Mm. 
Yeah, exactly. So then, um, when you look at it from that perspective, it's a lot easier to just think about your per- per- it, it, um, like uh, when I had that conversation, it actually gave me a lot of clarity about life. Like it, our purpose isn't um, to you know um, necessarily like live our lives here on Earth. Like our purpose is to get to heaven. To do that, um, not only do we you know need to live spiritual lives ourselves and have that belief, but we also need to live out God's sort of plan for us on Earth, whatever that may be. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like for some people that might be a vocation. For some people that might, um, you know, be parenthood. Um, yeah, like I, I guess that sort of can, like, if you look at it from that sense, it can also give you a bit of clarity about your life. If you sort of look at it as not so much a fear of what's going to happen to me after I die, but what can I do for God while I'm still here on earth? Mm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um... Um, it it comes back to like you know just do the next right thing. Yeah. Don't don't look. You don't have to look that far into the future. Just yeah. Like that is a like you you know you you can sort of trust that you're on the right track at least if you're if what if you're thinking is like what does God want me to do now? Yeah. And it's not so much about like oh do I have this do I have that? Like our conscience is also a God given gift, right? Like, you know, use it. Mm. Yeah, use it. Well, conscience, <laughs> consciousness is a different. That's a whole other topic too, because you know you got to form your conscience. Oh, hundred percent. It ties back into last episode, right? Like what you put in. Yeah, yeah. What you read, into, and all that. You know. Yeah, it ties into what you that. put in. It ties into morality. It ties into your perception of morality. Mm. Um. But I guess everyone sort of has that basic sense of conscience, though, right? Like. Yeah. That, like yeah, as again, humans, that's what, um, and unfortunately, that's what's like almost, yeah. uh, if you will, across the air. Like we, lost my train of thought with that one. The, Never mind. I'll, I'll just start mine. All right. Well, yeah, I was, I was gonna say, um, you know, Lewis sort of touches on that. You know, yeah. Like I was saying at the start of me, Christianity. Like what he basically says is like. You can you can find people who say that they don't care for morality. Yeah. But they'll care the moment an injustice is committed against them. Oh you know, wow. If someone, if someone stuffs them over, like then they'll they'll be upset. And it's like, why are you upset, bro? Um wow, and it's because you can't escape. Sense. Yeah. It's cause like no one can escape the moral law. No yeah. matter how hard they try. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's like that bit in the star is like, oh you know. You'd, you'd think that God would want to make an exception for you just this once, but really, deep down, you hope and believe that he hates human greed and treachery and exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so to sum all of that up, like, yeah, there is such a thing as fear of God. Yeah. There is a time and a place for that fear provided that it's the right type of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know it's the right type of fear when it's a fear that draws you towards him, oddly enough. Um, it's a fear that makes you want to do right by him and right for him. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like with many other things, like, s- just seek ye first the kingdom of God. Like, just... Just keep look. Just keep going after God, and 
let God handle the giving of his gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, fear of the God is a gift of the Holy Spirit, so leave that yeah. to him and don't don't stress about it. Um Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I think uh, we'd better call it. Yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a long one. Yeah, long, bit of a long one, bit of a good talk. That's always mm. good. Probably about forty, fifty minutes or so. Um, so yeah, not we'll end it here. Better, but um, if anyone does have any questions about the fear of God, spiritual directors—they're great. Yes, yes, spiritual. Yeah. Speaking of somebody who's struggling to get a spiritual director, um, <laughs> bro, legit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're. I need one. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you have one, like, <laughs> I'm that guy that knows, like, what they can do for someone and how good they are, but I I do not have one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm the same guy. Yeah, yeah, you're in good company, Dev. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, get one if you can. Yeah. Um. And again, yeah, just don't. Mm. Like, I I keep saying this because, like, I know I'm going to be the type who. With stress, like I'm not scared enough. I've got no, don't, don't worry, it's okay. Just, yeah, just pursue him and he'll handle that stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, do seek after him, seek to do his will, seek virtue. Mm -hmm. Um, be Chad, Chad's by Christ. Um, any prayer intentions, Dev? Prayer intentions. Hmm. Maybe we can pray for those who maybe have fallen away from the church. Uh, we mm, pray that they yes. come back to the church. Um, yeah, that they that that they sort of have that like fire instilled in them once again. Mm, yep. Yep. Yeah. What about you? Um, it's still November, so keep praying mm-hmm. for the souls of the faithful departed. Mm-hmm. Um, keep praying for us. You know, retreats coming up very quick, so. Pray for us. Pray that goes well. Pray for the pray for the teens. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll pray and for you. yeah, we'll pray for you. And pray pray for those who, you know, have bought into that idea of God as like an abusive, yeah, figure. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's a big reason why people fall away from the church, like Dash was saying. Yeah. So, yeah, pray that. They receive the the true love of the true father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on that note, um, we'll leave it here. Thanks so yeah. much for listening. Um, if you like what you heard, share it around. Tell your friends. Yeah, get our get our numbers up and reach more souls. More importantly, yes, hundred percent. We want to reach more souls. <laughs> numbers are secondary. Yes. But yeah, um, um, yeah, you know where to find us. You've got our email, uh, chatsbychrist.gmail.com. Yep. Yep. Um, Instagram as well, chatsbychrist. Chatsbychrist, yep. Yep. And um, again, yeah. yeah, thanks so much for listening, and we hope, to, yeah, we hope to see you again in the next one. Cheers. God bless. God bless, guys. Thanks.